Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode seven of the podcast, and I've got something a little bit different for you this week. The podcast this week is not about websites. Instead, I'm going to give you a peek into how I run my business. I know it's something I enjoy listening to on other people's podcasts because it's interesting. Yes, I am nosy. (laughs) And also because it'd be good to get ideas that you can apply to your own business. So this week, I thought I'd talk to you about how I plan out my week. Or maybe I should say how I like to plan out my week because, you know, I don't always do this. You see, like many entrepreneurs, I like to go with the flow. That's one of the benefits of working for yourself, isn't it? The the ability to work when and where you feel like it and do what you want to do. But I discovered, the hard way I might add, that that is not the way to run a successful business. It's actually the way to run a stressful business. Let me explain. It's so easy to be a slave to someone else's priorities. To be reactive, especially if you run a service-based business like I do. To live, or to work, between the email inbox and social media. To be alternating between responding to emails, scrolling social media, and client work too, of course. And all this means is that the big plans you had to grow your business never get actioned. You get to the end of the week wondering where it has gone. Having made no progress on the things you've really wanted to get done. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me for sure, and far more times than I've wanted it to. I now plan out my week. Of course, it doesn't always go to plan. In fact, it rarely does. But by writing down a structure for the week, it's more difficult to get distracted. And it certainly means that I usually get some of my own priorities actioned. And if something crops up that demands my immediate attention, or something takes far more time than anticipated, which, you know, happens a lot, I know I can move things around, which massively reduces my stress levels. So how do I do this? Well, my plan for the week starts with a to-do list. I gave up daily to-do lists a long time ago. What's the point in writing a list of 50 things and only crossing off a few with some things languishing on the list for months and getting copied over from one day to the next? I now write a weekly to-do list. Ideally, I do this on a Friday before I close the laptop for the week, at least in my mind. But in practice, I sometimes work on Saturdays catching up. So I'm more likely to do this on a Sunday and sometimes first thing on a Monday. The benefit of doing it before you start the week is that you can hit the ground running on a Monday morning. But you know, that's not always practical. My to-do list consists of things which need to get done. Although, of course, you can argue that you don't need to do anything when you're running your own business. You've just got to accept the consequences of not doing that thing. And other things that I want to do because they're a priority for my business. Or sometimes just because they've been on there for ages. So how do I decide what goes on the to-do list? This is key. To be honest, at this stage, it's just a brain dump. And it can feel good to get everything down on a list, you know. 
Personally, I break my work down into a number of different categories. I find it easier to think about what I need to do each week that way. Let me share with you the categories I use, and these are in no particular order. First of all, leads. By leads, I mean following up on existing leads. This could be people I've had an introductory call with, people who've messaged me, or people who've emailed me. Following up on leads is one of the most important things you can do to have a successful business. Let me say that again, just in case you weren't concentrating. Following up on leads is one of the most important things you can do to have a successful business. These are people who've reached out to you, inquiring about working with you. They are your best prospects. Your business needs a steady flow of clients to be successful. Of course, there's always a balance between following up and harassing people. And here, we're not looking to harass anybody. For me, I respond to inquiries and follow up. I usually leave it at that. I might follow up again, especially if we've had a call. You have to do what feels comfortable for you. But do follow up. I know I'm not the only one who inquires about something, gets distracted, and the response I've received gets forgotten. It might have fallen down my email list or it's out of my mind. And a polite prompt can be enough to restart the conversation and sometimes even for me to book a buy. We're busy. We often need that prompt. I make sure I follow up on leads every single week. So I add the names of everyone I want to follow up with that week on my to-do list. Now, I never used to do this, and I sometimes took weeks to get back to people because I was busy. Um, I wasn't sure how to respond, or sometimes I just felt uncomfortable following up. And needless to say, that's not a good impression to give someone. You don't have to worry here about when you're going to do that. It doesn't have to be something that you do first thing on a Monday. But as I've said uh, twice already, following up on outstanding leads every week is one of the most important jobs you can do in your business. Next on my list is client work. Now, I split my client work into two, new bespoke websites and everything else. That's because of the nature of my work. You might just have a heading of client work. As I make a list of all the client work that I need to do that week, I try to order it. Want to know how I order it? Here we go. So, my bespoke websites have a number of different stages. They're sending the initial information to the client after they've signed the contract. There's a design stage, that's putting together the initial designs and then revising the design. A build stage, and this might include building in more complex functionality like the ability to take payments. There's a going live stage and an immediately after launch stage. For me, if I've got a website that's about to go live that week, that will be my highest priority that week. I might not have anything outstanding to do on it when I make the list at the beginning of the week, but I add that client's website to the top of the list in any event because I'm expecting to work on it that week. That does make scheduling the time for it a bit tricky, but I've got to be flexible about it. As a next priority, I'll usually add clients whose websites haven't been started, but I need to send them information, like my questionnaire. This doesn't take long, and it's important because it allows them to start work. 
then I might add clients who've given me design edits or content or where I need to build additional functionality. I only add these ones to my list if I've got the work, as I can sometimes wait weeks for this to come through. And then there are those websites I'm starting to design. I find I need clear blocks of time, two to three hour blocks at a time usually, to work on these, so I've got to schedule time for this each week. The other client work tends to fall into the routine and the reactionary. So routine work includes website maintenance. I maintain client websites that I've built. They pay me to do this. That means I'm responsible for the website hosting, an SSL certificate, so they get the little padlock, backups and updates. Some of those functions are outsourced or automated, like the hosting and backups. But obviously, if there is a problem, I need to sort it out. Others, like updates, are manual. I check for updates on every website I maintain pretty much every single day. I don't auto-update for reasons I might explain another time. And given the number of websites I maintain, there are always a few updates. So I allow time every single day for this. It doesn't usually take me very long, but I do it pretty much every day. There's also some work to do on client websites after they go live, which I tend to include in here. Things like showing the client how to edit text, change images and other basic changes to their website, which I do by a Zoom call and also in writing. Submitting their website to the search engines. Doing some basic SEO, adding a favicon and generally tidying up the website. The less glamorous part of website building. Then there is the work I get asked to do by clients. These are email queries and other things clients want me to do like adding new pages, sorting out anything they may have messed up, or sometimes something bigger like adding memberships, etc. They all get added to my to-do list. So this list, the what I call the other client work, tends to be lots of small actions, most of which are not urgent, but they need to get done. Writing the list down helps to prioritise them and importantly, make sure I don't forget anything. Okay, next up on my categories is marketing. As I'm sure you feel, marketing my business could be a full-time job. The key, as I have found out, is to work out which forms of marketing are going to be your priority and what else you might do if you have the time, which of course you never do, or I never do anyway. For me, after following up leads, my podcast is my priority marketing channel. This means publishing a podcast every week and marketing it on social media. My aim, which I haven't achieved yet, <laughs> is to be several weeks ahead on recording podcasts, writing associated blog posts and having social media posts written to go with a podcast. So this is at the top of my marketing priority. Next for me is Instagram. That's creating content and engaging with others on Instagram rather than scrolling mindlessly. I don't need to add that to my to-do list. I do that anyway. <laughs> anyway, again, I try to be ahead and have some posts written before I need them. I might use an auto-scheduler for posts to my grid, but obviously I need to schedule time to engage with both followers and non-followers, post stories, as well as write the content. Now, in my dream world... <laughs> When I'm ahead on my podcasts and blogs and have Instagram posts written and possibly scheduled in advance, I did say it was my dream world, then I'll work on other forms of marketing. 
I include SEO in this, as well as PR, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Pinterest. I know, I know I could get more leads from these channels if I was more consistent, but there are only so many hours in the week and you have to prioritize what you're going to do with that time. These platforms are not my marketing priority. I'm better off spending my time being consistent with my podcast, my blog, which helps my SEO anyway, and Instagram. Although I do follow some PR on social media, so I react to opportunities. Next is business development. Business development is the one thing that can move the needle in your business. The way I approach this is every three months, I take stock and decide what my priorities are going to be for that quarter. This includes a marketing priority. I've just talked about that. It's currently my podcast, blog, and Instagram. But it also includes any new services I want to introduce and things which make my existing business better. Things like automations, which will ultimately save time, and improving customer experience, which might enable me to charge higher prices and or make my clients even happier and more likely to tell others about me. Making time every week, or at least a significant amount of time over that quarter, for new services and or things which make my existing business better is crucial to make my business grow. It's really easy to stay stuck in the weeds, as they say, doing the day-to-day tasks of your business and posting on social media, but they won't grow your business. It's also important to focus on one thing at a time. I am very, very easily distracted by shiny new things, and I might just have been known to work on several ideas at once. (laughs) But I know this isn't effective. It's so much better to work on one thing get that up and running, and then another. So getting my podcast up and running was, for admittedly longer than anticipated, my number one business development area. Now I'm working on improving the process for my new bespoke website design clients. So I've updated the questionnaire I send, and just as importantly, I now have this in an easy-to-find place. So no more hunting for the original or for the response. And I'm working on materials to help my new clients get the information they need to me. I'm sure I'll talk about this more on another episode. So what's your number one business development priority? And if you've got more than one, try and order them. Work on just one at a time if you can. It's hard, I know. The final category is what I call other. (laughs) Yes, the catch-all. Invoicing, bookkeeping, anything legal, training, etc. all fall into this category. I'm a big believer in lifelong learning, and I often have several courses on the go at once. Now, sometimes these are tied into my business development idea, but sometimes they're standalone. At the moment, I'm working through a number of technical website courses, some courses on website design, some on running a design business, and some marketing courses. Yes, I invest a lot in building a better business. With all of the categories, that list is usually pretty long, that to-do list. And the next step is to start to add things to my diary. Now, I still use a paper diary. Yes, I'm old school. Although I do have an electronic diary for clients to book into too. So first of all, I will add in any fixed commitments. This includes walking my dog, school runs, lunch, never forget to allow time to eat, 
and even my regular personal training sessions, as well as any meetings that are in my diary. Then I look at that to-do list, working out the most important tasks to do that week, how long I think they're going to take and when I'm going to do them. I write specific tasks in each time slot, and this helps to break down the tasks into more manageable chunks. So if I'm starting a new website build, it might be number one, set up a new, the new website, number two, add it to hosting, number three, reformat images, etc. When it comes to working out what is going to make it from that very long to-do list to the schedule, because I don't have enough hours in the week to do everything, I make sure I don't just schedule in the tasks that I'm really keen on doing. It needs to be some which will move my business forward, as well as client work, and some things which I know I might not want to do, but I really have to. And I know the tasks at the beginning of the week are more likely to get completed. So I make sure I'm scheduling in things I really want to get done at the beginning of the week. Tasks that mean my week has been a success. Now, I tend to designate certain days or half days to certain kinds of work. So Wednesdays are usually content creation days for me. That's blog posts, podcasts, Instagram posts, etc. I like to keep Tuesday and Thursday afternoons free for client design work, where I need clear blocks of time to think and work things through. I find I can't do this if I'm thinking about an overflowing email box, so I might spend the morning clearing through a number of smaller items. Each day, I allow some time to go through emails in my inbox, social media messages, etc. That way, I can focus on the task at hand rather than keeping a constant eye for notifications. If a response is going to take longer than the time allotted or more thought or research is needed, then it gets its own scheduled time later on in the week. Personally, I use time blocks of 30 minutes or an hour, so I might schedule a few smaller tasks into one block. I also colour code the tasks by the categories of work. Yes, I am a website designer, so leads, bespoke client work, business development, etc. And I like to leave Fridays for finishing off things or dealing with things that have come up during the week. I might schedule in tasks for the morning, but these are ones that can get bumped if need be. And in an ideal world, I'd finish early on a Friday, but that rarely happens. So once the schedule is complete, the list can be forgotten. Anything which is not made it onto the schedule is not going to happen that week. And I have to be okay with that. If there are other things that need doing which haven't made the schedule, I have to find the time for them. There's no point trying to cram them in when there isn't the time and hope I'll get round to them. I do wish it was like that. How do you find time for additional items? Well, cancelling other tasks, working more hours and or seeing if there are tasks in the schedule that I can delegate to others to free up the time to do more. Of course, if, when, I look back at my week, it rarely works out the way it's scheduled to do so. Life happens. I might decide I don't want to do something, something else takes longer, something urgent pops up, etc. So what then? What about when I don't want to do something? I am human after all. I sit down to write that blog post I scheduled for that time and I just don't feel up to it. What then? Well, first of all, it's helpful to understand my own rhythm of working. 
So most people are more able to tackle harder things at the beginning of the week. You know, we start the week with good intentions, like eating healthily. (laughs) So I schedule the items I know I'm going to need more motivation for when I'm likely to feel more motivated. Are you a morning person or an evening person? When are you most creative? And when during the week are administrative tasks the only thing your brain can cope with? I also find chopping tasks up into small actions makes them seem less daunting. If writing a blog post seems too much, then listing out the points I'm going to make might be easier. And once I've done that, I may have gotten into the flow to continue. Reminding myself why something is important can help in the moment. What's the consequence of not doing that task? Rewards can help too. Although you do have to have the willpower to only take the reward when you do the task. And that's one that rarely works for me. If I don't want to do it, can I delegate it to someone else? And finally, if I'm really not going to make progress, it can be better to swap it for a task later in the week that I will make progress on. That's always going to be better than getting tempted by the quick fix hit of social media. What about when something takes longer than I expect? I am an eternal optimist. I always think something is going to take me far less time than it does. Unless it's a job that's been on my list for months, I'm dreading doing it, expecting it will take hours, but find it only takes 15 minutes and wonder why I never did it in the first place. So how do you avoid this? Well, first of all is I try to be realistic when I'm scheduling. Don't try and shoehorn five hours of work into a one-hour slot. Or put things in in case you've got time. You can always start a task from another time slot and get ahead of yourself if that situation occurs. Secondly, I recognise that a job will always expand to fill the time. You know that rule. If I give myself a day to write a blog post, it'll take a day. If I give myself an hour, or two for a long one like this one, this podcast started off as a blog post, then I've got to get focused and do what I can in that time. If I run out of time, I've got a couple of choices. I can accept that that task is done. There's no more time for it, so the post must be published, draft sent to client, etc. I can cancel something else to give additional time. This can be the next task in my schedule, or it can be another task later in the week. And that's one reason I like to make Fridays lighter and full of tasks that are less important. Or, of course, it could be my free time. Or I can delegate or outsource something on my list to free up the time. Do you find something urgent always happens to stop you doing what you want to do? Me too. I was supposed to record this podcast yesterday, but an ill child trying to get the doctor's appointment and going to the doctor's appointment, as well as caring for her, meant my afternoon plans were kiboshed. It happens. Now, there's urgent and of course there's urgent. Most of the urgent things that crop up are rarely urgent for you. Yesterday was obviously different. They're urgent for other people. Like a client who's left something to the last minute and urgently needs your help. Or as often happens with me, a child who's left something at home that they need for school. I'm not suggesting for a moment you don't help in these situations. I usually do. But you have to recognise these are other people's emergencies, not yours. Because if we plan our week out, 
we shouldn't be the cause of the emergency, or at least not as often. If you do respond to these, then, just like the other reasons, something in your schedule will need to be cancelled to make way for it. This could be your free time or another task. Alternatively, you could outsource or delegate to someone else, either that urgent task or, or something else to make the time. Yes, my husband ended up cooking dinner last night, something that I usually do during the week. Okay, to wrap up, because this has been a longer episode than usual. So I like to plan my week out before or at the beginning of the week. I start with a blank sheet of paper and write down all the things I want to do that week by category of task. It's a long list. And this list is a combination of things. It's tasks which others have asked me to do and tasks which I want to do. Of course, some things others ask me to do are the things I want to do too. <laughs> so this includes client work, following up on leads and business development, etc. Once I've got the complete list, I start to add them to my diary. I add fixed commitments first, both personal and business. Then I schedule in the most important items from my list, taking note of when I'm likely to be most motivated to do each of them. If I know something is going to be difficult, I'll break it down into smaller, more manageable chunks that are easier to get started with. I try to leave Fridays for tasks that are less important, so I've got the flexibility to bump these if need be. Or finish early, of course. Now, my weeks rarely work out as planned. The aim of this system is not to create a rigid structure. But what it does mean is I only have to think once per week about what is important to get done. And I can easily see what I can switch around as need be. I've certainly found it's helped me to get more done each week. And I hope my setting out what I do has been helpful to you. I'd love to know whether you plan out your time, and if you do, how you do it, and whether there are things in what I do that you're going to try. Seriously, though, send me a message on Instagram or email me at sayhello at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk and let me know. I'd also love to hear whether you'd like more episodes like this or whether you prefer website tips. See you next week. Same time, same place. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business, or scaling it. And see you next week.